The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting experiencerochestermn.com. Music is a really fantastic way to build community. And that's one of the things with our concerts is we're trying to think more broadly, not just think about them as concerts, but really events. So in addition to having music, which is something that, you know, literally catches the ear and draws people in, but also having activities and opportunity for people to meet their neighbors. Welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics from tourism and entertainment to economic development and entrepreneurism and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. Avital Rabinowitz is in her second year as Director of Rochester Civic Music, a department of the City of Rochester, Minnesota. Its mission is to bring people together by creating fun and memorable live music experiences. Rochester Civic Music produces a variety of programming throughout the community, including the ever-popular Down by the Riverside Free Public Concert Series, now in its 31st season. Every Sunday, starting in mid-July for five weeks, Mayo Park along the Zumbro River in downtown Rochester turns into an outdoor music venue featuring local, regional, and national acts. Avital says events like Down by the Riverside are a fantastic way to build community. Avital Robinowitz, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. You are in your second year as director of Rochester Civic Music. We're going to spend some time discussing Rochester Civic Music and your role with it. But first, share with us a bit about yourself and your career journey. My background is in the arts, primarily. Prior to joining Civic Music, I was a radio producer at Minnesota Public Radio. I produced nationally syndicated programs for your classical NPR So I've worked in a lot of different performing arts spaces, but that's my background. I have degrees in music, arts management, uh, and business. What attracted you to the director role for Rochester Civic Music? Civic Music is a really unique department or organization, depending on how you want to frame it. (laughs) But what really drew me to the position was the opportunity and emphasis on creating community events for the community to build community. That's really pretty unique. And I found that very enticing. Not every city can say they have a civic music department. No, I don't think any can that I know of. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there are a lot of uh, municipalities that have nonprofits that work with them that do some similar work. Sometimes parks and rec departments will do concerts or other events. But to my knowledge, civic music is really unique in kind of the depth and breadth of what we do and how closely connected we are to the city. And a lot of history there, too, I believe started in 1936. Yes, 1936 was when Rochester Civic Music officially became a city department. It actually existed in various forms uh, going back to the 1800s. Wow. Yeah. And there have been a lot of evolutions during that time, Um, you know, various community bands, other configurations, other types of work that, that the department functionally has been doing. But yeah, 1936 is our official official date. One of your signature events in Rochester is the annual Down by the Riverside free concert series that attracts big crowds in Mayo Park along the Zumbro River. Tell us about the series. This is a really great series. So we are in our 31st season, which is pretty incredible if you think about it. It is, like you said, it is a free public 
concert series. Um, so it's five consecutive Sundays in Mayo Park, and it is in a beautiful public park. People can just come show up. No tickets are necessary, nothing like that. And we bring in national acts, regional acts, local acts, and it's just a big community concert in um, a lovely green space along the river. And you just announced this year's acts, so we need all the details. Okay, yeah. No, we're really excited about this year. Like I said, it's five concerts. Kicking off everything is Eve 6. So all the millennials and and Gen Xers, I hope you recognize that name. If you don't, Google them. You will recognize their music. I guarantee. I, I I will take a bet on that. So they are going to be our week one, kind of rock starting everything off. Then next we have Charlie Parr, who's a Minnesota folk singer, songwriter, legend. Great. Yep, super popular. The first time we've really, to my knowledge, done something kind of in that vein, kind of the folk feel. So I'm really interested to see how that works in the park. I think it's going to be a wonderful evening. Then we have Avery Anna, who is an up-and-coming country music star. We're hoping. She's hoping too, I'm sure. She's a TikTok sensation. She rose to popularity on TikTok and um, she's only 19 years old. So she is starting her career. Civic Music has a really good track record of finding um, and bringing country acts kind of on the ascent. So we're hoping she's another one of them and that people will really enjoy her music. Then we have Vanilla Fudge. So some classic psychedelic prog rock um, for all you classic rock fans. And that's been kind of a hallmark of the Down by the Riverside series is there's always been um, a classic rock component. And then to cap it all off, we are bringing back En Vogue. Oh, nice. Super happy about that. So those of you who were disappointed last year, which certainly was all of us at Civic Music, they were rained out. Yep, the weather was not uh, safe enough for us to proceed, so we made the really difficult decision to cancel their show, and they are coming back. And so we are just crossing our fingers for amazing weather and uh, a fantastic show with them. Super excited. That is the rub you have with being an outdoor venue is you can control many things, just not the weather. Yep. And it's really difficult to explain to folks. I know a lot of times because we're, we're right next to the Mayo Civic Center, that, you know, we get a lot of questions about, well, why can't you just bring it indoors? Oh, I wish. I wish that we could. We start setting up for an early evening concert very early in the morning. And it is a huge team effort. We have lots of vendors and obviously Civic Center staff, our staff, just working, 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 working. So we wait as long as we can to make that weather call. And there just isn't time, space, the ability to move things indoors, which I know is super disappointing. But that's, I guess, is part of what makes it exciting. This concert series, great for the community, but really great for the region Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, it's an attractor. Yeah, we, you know, we really want people to come down from other areas. That's one of the things that we're actually thinking about in kind of our marketing approach is how do we make sure more people know about this? Certainly, I think there's a lot more that can be done to make sure that the local community knows about it, but also it should be a regional draw. I mean, these are these are great acts and like I said, it's open to anyone. You don't need to reserve anything, you don't need to get a ticket. You just bring yourself and whatever else you'd like, lawn chairs, you know, food, snacks, and you just you just come and enjoy the park and the music. It's it's pretty unique. And what has evolved with this as well, which is really cool, is, as you said, you can bring your own food or beverage, but you can also take advantage of local food trucks and local food vendors. So more of the local flavor to this event. 
Yes, and that's been a big priority. So that is a new thing for us. So this is the second year that um, we have collaborated to present um, and have local vendors in the park. So, and hopefully, you know, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I know it's, people are really used to having to bring all their own stuff, which is great. It's a great option. We still want you to bring what you want to bring, but also to know that there is fantastic food and beverage, craft beer, all sorts of things in the park. We're just trying to make, bring more of those amenities to folks so they can just enjoy more of the experience. Besides Down by the Riverside, what other events and programs do you manage and produce? <laughs> it's extensive. It is. It is. I was just telling my uh, my team, you know, whenever anyone asks this question, I feel like I give them a 20-minute answer. So I'll try <laughs> to keep it brief. We do a lot of different events. Um, most of them are in the summer. Kicking off first and very soon in early June is the Forward Park Concerts. That's our neighborhood park series. Forward is a little bit of a pun. So it's six concerts, one per ward in the city of Rochester. Ah, Very interesting. Yeah, Rochester is divided into six wards. Each ward has a council member um, that represents that ward. And so we have a concert, one in each ward with the council members. They come and talk, and it's kind of an opportunity to get to know different parts of the city. There are these, I call them little jewels. They're really lovely concerts. They are relaxed. They start a bit earlier, very family-friendly. Also, food vendors, craft beer. The bookmobile this year from the library will be in attendance at all the events, as will the Go Play Explore mobile rec trailer from Parks and Rec. So really just a lovely, relaxing, family-friendly evening for folks starting at 5.30. We're done by 8. They're Wednesday evenings. That's why I say that. It's a little bit of an unusual time. And I know people kind of, that catches their eye, but it, it works really well. So I'd encourage people to check that out. Then we also have our annual global music series. So that is where we bring in global music artists, national, international, and they, they do a couple different things. So each of the artists does youth concerts. This year we've partnered like last year with school age childcare. So they do outreach to students who are in those programs And then they're going to be doing public concerts. So two at Thursday's downtown and one at Rochester Fest. So we have a couple different acts. We have some Cajun music. We have one of the bands they call their style alternative. They um, are a Native American band, which is really interesting. Cody Blackbird is, he performs on traditional Native American flute, but also does rock and kind of a fusion. So it's really interesting. And then we also have an Irish bluegrass band coming. So we do that every year. And then, of course, the 4th Fest Independence Day celebration in Soldier's Field with fireworks. And it's Rochester's official 4th of July celebration. So we do that every year. And then we have our another youth education program, our Artists in Schools program, where we bring in an artist to do a residency and to travel around to local schools and do performances, outreach, education, and then a public concert for anyone to come and attend. That's a lot of programming. What does it take to curate live public music experiences throughout the year? A lot of collaboration, a lot of partnerships. The curation uh, and the programming is done with a team approach. So working with uh, as many stakeholders as we can find, that's a really big priority is of mine, is trying to get more community feedback and figuring out effective mechanisms to figure out really What does the community want? What does the community need? And how do we meet those needs? But as far as actually kind of curating and getting everything off the ground, we're a staff of four, and that includes myself. 
So we work with a lot small of partners. Small and mighty. Very small and mighty. Yes, that's our catchphrase. <laughs> One of them. So we we work with a lot of partners in the community to make events better and to make them happen. And that's something I'm really passionate about as well. How do you go about selecting musicians and musical acts for your programming? That's a tricky one. We have some lists. We all kind of come to the table with ideas. We talk to people in the community. We talk to our advisory board. So we have a, a music board, um, an advisory capacity that we can go to to bounce ideas off of. But that is something that we're really trying to to think more broadly about. So we're doing additional surveys this year. We're doing digital surveys at Forward and Down by the Riverside to kind of figure out truly what what do people want. It's kind of a tough market, as I'm sure I'm sure anyone who does uh, events here knows. And you really want to make sure you, I want to make sure that we're meeting community needs. That's that's really my biggest priority. So if people say, "Yeah, we want a ton more bluegrass," okay, how can we make more bluegrass happen? Really, it's it's not so much my vision or the department's vision. It's really what the community is telling us that they want. As you reflect on your first year as director of Rochester Civic Music, what surprised you the most? I am surprised on a daily basis (laughs) by any number of things. There's always something new to learn, and it's not the thing that I thought I would be learning when I walked into my office that morning. So it's everything from having a really robust understanding now of weather forecasting, food vending, food licensing. I had no idea. I now have a very thorough understanding of how that works with ordinances in the county. It's all sorts of different stuff. And then just learning, trying to learn more about the actual the community and what people want, what people need. There's a really vibrant arts community here, and that's something that... I'm passionate about is supporting that arts ecosystem and figuring out how civic music can partner with folks already doing amazing work and just help everyone be more effective. Why is live music so important for communities? Music is a really fantastic way to build community. And that's one of the things with our concerts is we're trying to think more broadly, not just think about them as concerts, but really events. So in addition to having music, which is something that you know, literally catches the ear and draws people in, but also having activities and opportunity for people to meet their neighbors, to meet other folks in the community, to maybe discover something new they didn't know about before, whether that's the bookmobile or a specific genre of music. It's just one of the best ways, I think, to get people to come out and try something new, especially on a beautiful day in a beautiful park. That's how we we like to think about what we do. As you think about your role in the community, what excites you about the future? partnerships, truly. So I think, I feel like I've gotten my feet under me now. It's been about a little over a year. And now I feel like because I kind of have a handle on our programming, how things are going logistically that way, now I'm really excited about reaching out and seeing what may be possible and working with other partners. Like I said, we're thinking about how do we make our concerts events? How do we work with more people? How do we get the word out. How do we make sure people know what we're doing and that they know that it's for them? You know, I think that's the biggest thing. I worry that that people know, oh yeah, you know, that thing's going on, but oh, maybe it's not for me. I don't really know what to expect and I may not like it. You know, just getting people to understand that it's something for them. We want them to come. We want them to try it. We want to know what worked or didn't work for them. I'm excited about building those partnerships, reaching more people and just understanding how to do things better. Avital Robinowitz, thanks for the conversation today and joining us on Growing Destinations. And best of luck this year with all of your great programming. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene, its international culinary flavors, and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.